Revelation 21, Revelation 22. They are the keep your forks chapters. Because, uh, you know, when they say keep your forks because we got dessert coming. Uh, well, this, this is the dessert. How many of you like dessert? Can I see hands? How many of you sometimes, when no one knows or is looking, you eat your dessert first? Can I see hands? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, dessert chapters of... Uh, Revelation, the best is yet to come. Uh, you can, maybe if you want to, call this Graduation Sunday. Uh, Revelation 21 and 22. When we graduate from this life, from this earth, and we get to graduate to a new life, the new heaven, the new earth. But the question is always this. What, what's heaven going to be like? Because, you know, we're going to be there a long... Am I going to be, like, really bored? Are, are you speaking, Pastor Jeff, for, like, weeks upon months? Is it, is it going to be, like, one big uh, church service? Uh, are we going to sing, like, a thousand verses of amazing grace? And then let's sing it 10,000 times more. What is heaven going to be like? Now, I'll tell you in advance, okay? We don't get as much detail as we'd like. Um, but I think the reason for that is if some of us knew in detail how good it's going to be, my opinion is some of us would be trying to end our lives early. That It sounds that good. We'd be looking for an early exit ramp to get off on. And I think the Lord knew, no, I can't tell you too much or you won't want to live today. But we get some really good stuff. And today and next Sunday, we're going to finish Revelation, we get this wonderful picture, uh, this wonderful portrait that uh, Jesus has John write down for us. And it's called Revelation 21, Revelation 22. Would you stand with me? We're going to read the first seven verses of Revelation 21, and then we'll uh, jump through the rest of the chapter uh, in a little bit. You ready? Here we go. Read with me. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all this, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. Let's pray. Lord, thanks for giving us dessert. Uh, we've ate our broccoli, uh, we've ate the Brussels sprouts of the tribulation, and Lord, thank you now that we get to enjoy uh, 
uh, and savor the best that's yet to come. So, Lord, help us to, uh, first of all, uh, begin to process this amazing portrait that you had John write down as he was inspired by your spirit. So, Lord, help us to uh, grasp it, and I pray that this chapter would bring hope and confidence, especially to those who are discouraged and hurting here today. Lord, uh, in this world, there is trouble. And I know for a fact that there are many right now, many of my friends, who are, are experiencing trouble. So, Lord, please use these verses to uh, bring to us confidence and hope that the best truly is yet to come. And, Lord, uh, help us to remember that when we get to go and be with you, it truly is a promotion. It's going to be awesome. Uh, Lord, uh, we invite your Holy Spirit to come and settle today right now in your church. Lord, uh, you take charge. Um, we realize that it's uh, the power of your word and it's the power of your spirit that changes lives. So we're looking to you. Uh, change our thinking, change our lives, uh, adjust our attitudes. Lord, you come and do a great work today. And we'll be real careful to give your son Jesus Christ, all the honor, all the glory, all the praise. And all the church gathered in Walloon, anticipation of the glory yet to come, said, Amen. You may be seated. So, what's heaven like? What's, what's heaven going to be all about? Um, you're taking notes, here's the first thing to write down. Number one, uh, key word, uh, new. And uh, I'll just point out verses 1 to 5, there's a new heaven, a new earth, a new Jerusalem, and in case that wasn't uh, obvious enough, look at verse 5. Jesus says, I'm making everything new. It's all going to be new. A couple of thoughts on newness, okay? Uh, First, it, it's not just new in the sense that it was manufactured recently. Okay, So that's new, but it's new in the sense that it's completely and utterly and totally unique and different. Um, it's not like your iPhone that gets a few little upgrades and tweaks, and then they say, give me another 600 bucks. It's not that kind of new. This is a total extreme makeover Jesus style of heaven and earth. You tracking? So it's new. It's brand new. It's like nothing we've ever seen. It's like nothing we've ever experienced. That kind of new. Uh, secondly, um, it's interesting. The Greek tense is it's new and Jesus keeps on making it new. Track with me for a minute. In other words, it's new, and then it gets reinvigorated, and then it gets better, and, and there's constant adjustment and constant upgrades to this new heaven and earth. Uh, you, you understand? Uh, in other words, it's new, but it's not going to, oh, I, I, I've already been there. No, it's, it's constantly going to be reimagined and, and upgraded, fresh and exciting 
and awesome and wonderful. We're going to a perfect place prepared by perfect God who does perfect work and creates perfect environments for his children. Make sense? So we're not just going to be sitting around uh, on a cloud, Ron, strumming a harp. Uh, I don't know about you. Um, forgive me for those of you who disagree, but I, I don't really care for harp music that much. Okay? And, and I know I don't care for me sitting in a cloud strumming on a harp for thousands upon thousands. That sounds boring. Amen? Okay. Everybody but the harp players said amen. Uh, we're talking alive and active and growing and learning and the most satisfying, fulfilling activity with Jesus. That's what we're looking for. And it's going to be new and amazing. Okay? Which flows into verse 3. Um, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, uh, God's dwelling place is now among the people. And he will dwell with them. And they will be his people. And God himself will be their, their God. Now, Here's the idea. Back up to verse 2. You see this holy city, New Jerusalem, and now it's being dropped down in front of John and lowered into place. And this place, the New Jerusalem, is even described as a bride, a beautiful bride dressed for her husband. Um, it seems, okay, that this is the place where God the Father and God the Son currently reside. Um, in other words, in the invisible, infinite heavens, uh, right now, a place not made by human hand, it says, this dwelling place of God the Father, God the Son, is now lowered into place, and then followers of Jesus are going to get to be face-to-face -face with Jesus 24-7, 365. Well, what are we going to do? We're going to laugh and talk and hug, and I'll use a teen word. You ready? We get to hang out with Jesus. We, we just get to hang with Jesus, and we get to enjoy permanent abundance and permanent satisfaction and permanent fun. Yeah, I think, I think heaven's going to be a really fun and amazing place. And then it says, all things we thirst and hunger for, Everything you ever wanted is going to be satisfied. Everything will be satisfied. So, is there anything missing in heaven? Anything not included in the new heaven and the new earth? Here's a, a list of 12. This is by Chuck Swindoll, so it's got to be good, right? Okay, so 12 things that are going to be missing from the new heaven and the new earth. No more sea. Uh, three quarters of the earth is covered by ocean or water today, but it seems like sea is a picture of calamity and chaos in the book of Revelation. All that's gone. No more chaos, no more calamity on planet Earth. Slide down to verse 4. No more tears. That's not shampoo. That's no more hurtful memories. They're gone. Number three, no more death. Verse 4. Why? Because death has been swallowed up by victory and life in Jesus Christ. 
no more mourning. Verse 4, because sorrow is comforted. No more crying, because Jesus does what? What does he do here in verse 4? Wipes away what? All the tears are gone. No more pain. That sounds pretty good. Uh, Jesus brings a cure to all human suffering. Um, it says no more thirst, because Jesus will quench all of our desires. Verse 8, no more wickedness. All evil is banished. No more temple, because Jesus' glory is that temple. And uh, no more night, because he is the light of the world. Verse 25, no more closed gates. You don't have to lock the door in heaven. Isn't that good? You won't have to lock up your mansion at night because there's no more sin and the doors are always open. And verse 3 of chapter 22, no more curse. Twelve things missing. Why? Because the blood of Christ has lifted the curse. Now look at verse 4. I want to read it. Savor it. Uh, if you don't have this verse underlined, this could become like your new favorite verse or one of them because uh, it's become one of mine. Um, it says, He, Jesus, will wipe away every tear from our eyes, their eyes, followers of Jesus' eyes. And then it goes on. It says, There's going to be no more death, no more mourning, no more crying, no more pain. Why? Because that's part of the old earth. That's, that's the old earth. That's the old heaven. The new heaven, the new earth, none of those things are included. None of those things. He who was seated on the throne said, I'm making everything new. And he said, write this down. These are trustworthy words that I'm telling you, John. Jesus is making everything new. John, write it down. Don't miss it. I want everybody to get it. Let me be more specific. In heaven, no more diabetes, no more heart disease, no more cancer. No more wheelchairs. Dave, no more canes. Uh, Todd, no more funerals. No more courts or jails or prisons. The lawyers are out of business. Uh, no more divorces, no more breakdowns, no more breakups. No more heart attacks, no more strokes, no more Alzheimer's. No more therapists. Sorry, Anita, you're out of a job. No more prescriptions. Ron, sorry. Uh, no more surgery. No more famine, tornado, floods. No murder, rape, abuse. No more war, no more terrorism, no more injustice. Doesn't that sound good? Jesus is making all things new and better and awesome. Okay? So it, it, it's really going to be awesome. Let's just reserve that word just for stuff that really matters, like heaven, the new heaven, the new earth. This is awesome, which leads us nicely, verse 7 chapter 21. Those who are victorious will inherit all of this, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. I will be their God, and they will be my children. Uh, here, here's what you need to write down next. The new heaven, the new earth, it's going to be by invitation only. So, so to get into this place, you have to know the owner the one who created, the one who sustains, the one who invites you in, okay? Uh, and if you're a child of Jesus Christ, this is your inheritance. Now let that soak in. This is what you get to inherit, and this is going to be your permanent, eternal 
home. All those who overcome sin and Satan by the shed blood of the Lamb get to inherit this place. And it's awesome. And you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna want to be invited to this place. You're going to want to go. Okay? But there's only one narrow way to eternal home, to our eternal life. And it's, are you ready? By faith alone in Jesus Christ alone. Now, if you do a little survey, how do you get to heaven? And I would challenge you, when you uh, get an opportunity, ask somebody. Ask somebody at school. Ask somebody who lives next to you. Ask a friend. Ask a, a neighbor. Ask a family member. Um, how, how do you think you get to heaven? I've done it. In like in the high 90%. Guess what the answer is? Any guesses? What's, what's the answer? Uh, you got to be good. Just be good. Be, be nice. And then there's this amazing scale in the sky. And, and the Lord puts all of your good stuff on this hand and all of your bad stuff on this hand. And, and what's the problem with most of us? If that's the way, uh, most of us are in trouble. But let's just assume just for a minute that maybe you're a really good person. Let's just assume that maybe somebody here is really, really nice. I mean, they're like the goodest, nicest person that ever lived, okay? And they really did do more good than bad, okay? So what's the problem? Are you ready? Ephesians 2, 8, 9, it is by grace we are saved through faith, not by good works. It's the gift of God so that no one can boast. Track with me. Jesus didn't come to the world to make bad people good. Jesus came to this world to make dead people alive. Did you track with that? That's Ravi Zacharias, by the way. I'll give him the credit. Okay? Didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive. And even the goodest person spiritually is dead. Dead. And they need new life found only in Jesus. So who's responsible for getting you to heaven? Is that your mama's job? Is that grandma's job? Because she was a really godly lady. Is that your priest or your pastor's job? You better hope it's not my job to get you to heaven. Uh, only you can choose Jesus Christ for you. Only you can choose Jesus for you. Because Jesus knocks at our heart's door, Revelation 3.20, and what's our responsibility? This is about the only thing we're responsible for. He's knocking. What's our responsibility? Open the door and let him in. Jesus, I believe. Come on in. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. Sadly, many choose to keep their doors shut, and that's where verse 8 comes in. You ready? But here's the, ones, here's the ones who said, no, thank you. Um, but the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice the magic arts, idolaters, oh, and all liars, they will be cons consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. He's giving here characteristics of people who say, no, thank you. No, thank you, Jesus. I appreciate the invitation. I know you're knocking, but no, thank you. 
instead of following Jesus, they follow after their own stuff. And here's some of the stuff they're following after. 2 Corinthians 5.17, if anybody's in Christ, he or she is a new creature. The old stuff is gone. What's the next line? And the, the new has come. Yeah. So has the new come? Have you invited Jesus in? Have you opened the door? Is there evidence that Jesus has come in? Or are you still chasing after the garbage of the world? And if you're chasing after the garbage, that's where your heart and your mind are focused. Verse 8, that's sad, because they're not going to get invited. They won't be welcome into this amazing and awesome place. So a quick review. Uh, heaven is going to be brand new. Number one, radical makeover. Number two, heaven is going to be a place where Jesus is near and close. Third, lots of stuff missing in heaven, right? No more tears, no more sin, no more death, no more mourning, no more crying, no more pain or trouble. And then we just saw verses 7 and 8, heaven, heaven is exclusive. It's by invitation only. By those who accepted the invitation of Jesus that says, whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have what? This, this everlasting, awesome life. Um, number five. You ready? Heaven is going to be really, really big. B-I-G. Well, where do you see that? Let's just look at verse 15. Uh, the angel who talked with me, talking to John, had a measuring rod. Uh, and it was a measuring rod made of gold to, to measure the city, its gates and its walls. It makes sense. Uh, we're gonna get, you're going to see why it would be golden rod to measure uh and, and it seems like he says hey john you want to go measure the city and john says uh yeah yep I'll, I'll help you out uh and it says the city was laid out like a square as long as it was wide he measured the city with a rod and found it to be twelve thousand stadia in length that's about one eighth of a mile and as wide and as high as it is long the angel measured the wall using measurement, and it was 144 cubits um, thick. So I, I'm telling you, this is big, and we're going to look at what the wall was all made of in just a moment. Um, I listened to a sermon by Pastor James McDonald. I know you did too, Susan. But he did a whole bunch of calculations on how big heaven is. Okay? And if you, like, if you like kind of details on how big something is, you might want to take a few notes because this is kind of cool. Okay, a stadia is one-eighth of a mile, uh, which uh, 12,000 stadia equals between 14 and 1,500 miles. Okay, right in there, that vicinity. But the key is it's like a cube, a perfect cube, uh, 14, 1,500 miles wide, uh, 14, 1,500 miles long, and 14, 1,500 miles tall. Anybody know how, how, how high is the Earth's atmosphere? Anybody know approximately? It's about 100 miles, about 100 miles. So we're talking like 15 Earth atmospheres. So it seems to be like the idea is like this, there's going to be like skyscrapers and you're going to be occupying all over the place. So anyway, um, like a cube, uh, kind of like a skyscraper, similar dimensions as far as like a cube as the temple. Think about it. 
Old Testament temple was the place that God was near to his chosen people. Makes sense. So again, he's going to be near here for all of eternity. Okay, how big is it? Just on the ground floor. We're not talking levels uh, 1 through 10,000. We're just talking on the ground floor, uh, 10 blocks to a mile, 30,000 streets uh, to the mile, 45,000 miles of road, altogether just on the ground floor, 675 billion miles of streets. 675 billion. So if you figure four mansions to a block, because everybody wants the corner lot, right? Four, four mansions to the block, okay? So everybody's got a quarter lot. That means just on the ground floor, there's room for one billion mansions just on the ground floor. Uh, and remember, it's 150 miles high in this amazing place. So if you want to tour all the mansions, okay? We'll rent some buses, we'll all get on, and we'll go tour. You like, how many of you like to tour mansions? You like those? Anybody? Okay. It's kind of fun. Anyway, we're going to hop on the bus, and we're going to see 60 mansions an hour. Okay? And we're going to tour all of the mansions in heaven. But we're only going to take one minute for each mansion. So we're going to, like, just barely get out of the bus. Okay, get back in the bus. We're going to do this 12 hours a day. It would take 6 million years to see all the mansions. Can I say it again? Heaven's going to be a really big place. And remember what Jesus said, John 14, 2, in my father's house are many mansions. He wasn't kidding. There's many mansions. And each mansion is hand-built and handcrafted by Jesus for us. The creator of heaven and earth is going to create us a perfect spot to know him. Okay? And then remember the last of the shepherd's psalm verses? And he'll dwell will dwell in the house of the Lord. How long is that? So this is like, wow. We get to move in, and we don't ever have to move out. First, new heaven, new earth, radically new, fresh, remade, renewed, reinvigorated. Second, we're going to enjoy face-to-face, -face, laughing, talking, hanging out with Jesus. Third, all the bad stuff is banished. War, disease, pain, death, none of that that comes from sin and Satan will be there, missing in our old sinful natures. Fourth, new heaven, new earth, very exclusive. You've got to know the owner personally to get an invite here, okay? You have to personally have accepted his invitation and opened the door of your life and said, Jesus, come on in to be invited to be a part of this eternal home. Uh, fifth, Heaven is huge. It's massive. And at the same time, huge and massive, but Jesus is going to be near. Uh, finally, um, as you start reading in verse 18, uh, the, the final thing about heaven, it's going to be um, gorgeous and beautiful and breathtaking and enticing. And it's, we're just going to be I, I think for the first several hundred years, we're going to walk, wow, oh, can you believe, look at that. Uh, just start reading with me, you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about. The walls made of jasper, the city's pure gold, pure as glass, foundations decorated with precious stones, and then there's a whole bunch of uh, different uh, uh, 
wonderful stones that most of them I can't pronounce correctly, uh, but you can pronounce them in your brain there. Uh, amethyst, I think that's how you say that one. Uh, you got the 12 pearls uh, there that are the 12 gates. Uh, it's, it's amazing. Um, so I get lots of questions like this. Um, will I get to sleep in heaven? Because I, I have some people say, you know, I really like to sleep, Pastor Jeff. And, and, I, and I'm hoping, can I take a nap in heaven? Is there going to be like hammocks? Can, can we take snoozes? Uh, I, I recently was asked, do you think I'll be able to, to talk and text and email and tweet on my iPhone in heaven? That was Pastor Bob who was concerned about that. <laughs> Not. <laughs> Here's a common one. Will, I, will my dog be with me in heaven? Will my dog be with me in heaven? Um, uh, another, can I eat all I want and never gain weight? That's an important question. Uh, here's one I get asked a lot. Uh, will I get to play golf? And the answer is yes, and you tee off tomorrow at noon. Uh, here's, here's the best answer I've heard, and it comes from Pastor James. Okay? Here's the best. If it's wrong, we won't want it in heaven. Just write this. If it's wrong, we're not gonna want, there'll be no desire for it. And if it's right, we'll have it in abundance in heaven. Think about it. So, so the answer to all those questions, if it's wrong, we, we won't even want that stuff. And, and if it's right, we're going to have all that we want. And it'll be like abundant and available. Uh, even look at verse 21. The pavement in heaven is pure gold. And even the roads are built to glorify and reflect the awesomeness of God. Verse 22. I don't see a temple in the city, John writes, because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. Don't need a building because Jesus is going to represent that, that what the temple did. The presence of, of God, Old Testament, was the temple, the Holy of Holies. Well, in the new heaven, the new earth, Jesus is there. He is the presence. Uh, verse 23, the city doesn't need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and the Lamb, that's Jesus, is its lamp. Don't need any lights. Uh, you don't need to flip on the light, because Jesus will make every, he's the light of the world. The nations, verse 24, will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. On no day will its gates ever be shut, for there will be no night there. Okay? You, you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to lock your doors. We said that earlier. Uh, verse 28, the glory and honor of the nations will be brought into it. Nothing impure will ever enter in, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful. So that part of you is gone. Your old nature is gone. Who can come in? Only those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Um, only those who open the door of their life to Jesus Christ will be allowed in. Um, I have great news. Are you ready? Here's the wonderful news today. It's not too late to get on the invite list. Isn't that good? Today is the day where you can say, you know, Jesus, uh, I haven't yet opened the door of my life to you, but today... I'm going to choose by faith to open that door and say, come on in. 
I accept your invitation. I want to know that owner personally. I, I want to be with you face to face. Now, I hear a lot of folks when we start talking about heaven say, why are you talking about the future? Let's focus on today. And I suspect some of you even right now are thinking, why are we giving so much attention to heaven? Get your eyes off the heavenlies and focus on the world today. We got enough trouble today. We don't need to be thinking about the pie in the sky. You are so heavenly minded, you are, you're no earthly good. You heard that before, huh? Okay, I, I respond. Here's what C.S. Lewis said to that. If you read history, you'll find that the Christians who did the most for this present world were those who thought the most of the next world. The apostles, those who set to convert the Roman Empire, those great men who built up the Middle Ages, the evangelicals who abolished the slave trade, those who have left the greatest mark on earth were those whose minds were most occupied with heaven. It's since Christians have largely ceased talking and thinking about heaven that we've largely become so ineffective in this world. I, I would argue, along with Mr. Lewis, uh, that thinking and focusing and dwelling on heaven has a wonderful effect on us. It brings hope. It brings confidence. It brings assurance. It brings boldness to live strong for Jesus and not worry about the consequences. You know why? Because the best is yet to come. And even if, even if I have to pay some pretty strong consequences, the best is yet to come. Here's what 1 John 3, 2 says. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not been yet made known. But we know that when Jesus appears, we're going to be like him. We'll see him as he is. All who have this hope, looking for Jesus to return, all who have this hope in Christ, purify themselves just as Jesus is pure. Catch that? So when I'm looking for the Lord to return and I'm looking for dessert to come and I'm looking to be with, with the Lord in my eternal home, it has a purifying effect on our lives. It really does. Jesus is coming back any time and I need to be ready and so do you. It's going to catch some people by surprise. But for those who know Jesus personally, it's going to be awesome and it's going to be great and it's going to be amazing. Here's my prayer has been all week long. May this picture that Jesus commissioned John to write down called Revelation 21, might that be a motivation for us to live strong for Jesus. This new heaven, this new, it, it's a prepared place for prepared people. Are, are you prepared? It's coming soon. Are you ready? Bow your heads. Shut your eyes as we close. Lord, uh, thank you for preparing such an awesome place for us. <laughs> we just acknowledge uh, not one person here 
has earned or merit what you have in store for your children. Not one of us. It's all grace. And it's available by invitation only. Lord, if there's anybody here whose name is not yet written in the Lamb's Book of Life, would you make that clear and obvious to them? If, if there's anybody who's never opened up the door of their life by faith and invited your son Jesus in, might today be the day that they open up that heart's door and say, Jesus, I need you in my life. Jesus, I need what you did for me on the cross. I, I need what you did for me when you shed your blood for my sin problem. Jesus, I need what you did for me when you took my place in the tomb. Jesus, I need what you did for me when you arose from the dead. You defeated sin and Satan and death. And, and Jesus, I need you to come and be my king today, which means you'll be my king and my Lord in this new heaven, new earth for all of eternity. Lord, if there's some here, and I suspect there are, who don't know you, who don't have an invitation yet, might this picture make them hungry and thirsty to invite Jesus into their lives? And finally, Lord, uh, I know there are some here who... Uh, are hurting and struggling and in pain. I'm praying that uh, this picture will bring encouragement. I'm praying that this picture will bring comfort and grace and mercy in their time of need. Lord, we look forward to that day. We can't wait for verse 4 to kick in and get rid of all the ugly stuff, the pain, the tears, the mourning, the struggle, the suffering, of this world. We can't wait to enjoy all the new stuff you have in store for us. So we look forward to that with anticipation. Thank you again for being so good to us. We love you. It's in the amazing name of your son Jesus that we pray all these things. Amen. Okay, here's, a, here's the challenge. If you are a member or a regular attender we'd ask that you stick around in the auditorium if you can, okay? Um, I'll invite you now, everybody, you can stand and stretch, and you can uh, turn and greet your neighbor. So go ahead, you can do that, stretch if you're a member, greet your neighbor, and we're gonna start our business meeting in about three minutes. <laughs>